listening to the Career Musician Podcast with creator and host, Nomad. With 20 plus years of experience in the music industry, Nomad has done just about everything to earn a living as a career musician. From being music director to celebrity artists, playing iconic arenas and stadiums, composing for film and TV, and even playing your average local club gigs, he's done it all. Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes, and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. Welcome to The Career Musician. Today we have Damon Thomas of thomascrown.com, but not only that, he is a six-time Grammy-winning mega producer, co-founder of the super producers production group The Underdogs, working with high-profile artists like Chris Brown, R. Kelly, Drew Hill, Faith Evans, Pink, Lionel Richie, Justin Timberlake, Victoria Beckham, JoJo, R. Kelly, Jordan Sparks, Ruben Studdard, Fantasia, Catherine McPhee, and the list goes on. That's just to name the artist, but let's talk about the filmography. Dream Girls, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2, Straight Outta Compton. I mean, the list goes on. And listen, Damon has an amazing message for you. You're going to want to sit back and listen, take notes right here on the Career Musician Podcast. Damon Thomas of Thomas Crown and lots of other endeavors and crazy music and awards and a whole mega career. Welcome to the Career Thank you. Podcast. Thank you, uh, Mr. Nomad Rapo, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because uh, you, you're you one of my dear friends who knows me with from my legal name, you know, Michael Rapo. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and, and a lot of my friends who know me, you know, before the whole Nomad moniker are like, man, it's just so hard to call you Nomad, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but all the people who know me as Nomad are the opposite. They're like, man, I just thought uh-huh. you Nomad. He's nomad. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, when I, it, I'm working, I, I know in two months, I'm going to forget who Mike is, but I'm working hard. It's hard. I know you as Mike Rapport. It's like, right, it's like right. your name being Prince and you want me to call you that, that, uh, symbol. That symbol. Yeah. Like I know, you know, but, um, I, I, like I appreciate Nomad and I, you know, um, I can say this to the whole world in this interview. I love this. I love me and Mike always give each other a hard time. Mike Nomad is Damon spelled backwards, so I love your name. That's so funny, and you always remind me that. You're like, bro, you know it's just Damon spelled Damon backwards. Spelled backwards. <laughs> so I'm cool with it. You know, that's hilarious. It's funny, and I never even thought of it until you brought it to my I attention. You know why? Because I spelled my name backwards one time. I said Nomad <sighs> years ago. I, I was trying to play around with names of companies, sure, stuff sure. like that. Yeah. And um, the Nomad is such a cool name. So I mean, yeah. you know. Thank you, know, you. you. Nomad is born, everyone. So I have a question. That white piano behind you is going to drive Listen. me crazy the whole oh. interview. It's nice. What is that? Oh, man, it's just a Yamaha, uh, but it's weighted keys. It's a really high-end Yamaha. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. the piano that that uh, I teach my daughter on. It's her piano, basically. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's oh, really thank you. Yeah, thank like you. Yeah. I'm a piano guy. You right. guitars behind you, and I see a white piano. I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Vivi. Bought her that when she was like eight, six or eight years old, somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, so look, I mean, for those who may not know of Damon Thomas by name, you've heard his music with, you know, six-time Grammy winner, 
you penned some of the biggest tunes over the years and worked with some of the biggest artists, Drew Hill, Faith Evans, Pink, Lionel Richie, Justin Timberlake, you know, Victoria Beckham, Jojo, R. Kelly, Chris. I mean, it'll take me an hour to read all the damn names. So, uh, you know, the whole premise of the career musician is to empower musicians with strategies on how to make it in this business. Right. So it's funny that you say that, um, even after having a big career, let's say we did a, so there was a, there, there's two, there's, I'm on my third career. So let me I give like you the, the first career. It was Damon by himself. And then Damon met Kenny Evans, who we both worked with. And then there was the Kenny Evans, Damon era, which was not a huge era. It was like only a four or five year time span. And then he ended up working with the underdog era with all of us, which carried on. But in these three different eras, in each era, you have to start all over. So let me tell you. So, so, so the babyface Damon Air, I had number one records with. So you said Drew Hill. You mentioned Pink. Those right. records were written by just me and Kenny Evans. Okay. And then the my first number one record is Faith Evans, Never Gonna Let You Go, written by me and Kenny Evans. Right. So, um, after that, Kenny said to me, his real story. He said, Damon, you know, this is just after having like all the success with the records that we have done you need to go start and do your own thing because no one's going to really notice who you are how talented you are if you stay behind me because he's babyface you know and i didn't get it at the time i understood i understand it now and that's how harvey and i ended up starting the underdogs true story i went to rodney jerkins studio because this is 1999 the end of 99 and um, he wasn't man enough for me. Was on the radio. That's like this song by Tony Braxton, right? Right. That was one of the hottest things. Rodney was on fire. You could yes. like if he ran up the street, there was a <laughs> there was fire that ran up the street with him, right? <laughs> so here's a real story. Um, Rodney had um, myself, the Neptunes, because they were just getting ready to be hot. Mm-hmm. We were all in the building at the same time. He was working on Michael Jackson, and um, so. I went over there for a week and I worked with him. And because of my work with Kenny, I made Kenny really took care of me. I made good enough money. I had my own studio in this big old house. Yeah. And um, I was married at the time, you know, to who. And I'm, I had this house. Rodney came over to my house and he wanted to work with me. And Harvey, who was the, who was hard, who at the time he was Harvey's a producer, but he was Rodney's engineer as well. Um, Harvey, I, I guess Harvey told Rodney not to work with me. And three months later, I get a call from Harvey and we start the underdogs. And that's how that's the real story. <laughs> nice, man. I like it's story. really it's really interesting to hear all the bit behind the scenes workings of how right. everything kind of came together. Uh, oh, but well, look, the, nonetheless, the chemistry was there, and then a whole new era was birthed, like right. you said. So now that you ask me, I'm going to give you, we touched. So Harvey and I had to start all over, even though he had some success ah. with Rodney and I had it with Babyface. Now we're starting all over. It's 2000. And we built the underdogs over 16 years. And I'm getting to now, and then you can ask stuff about the underdogs if you want to. Sure. I'm sure. getting to now. We're in 2020. Two years ago, I started this thing, Thomas Crown. And now it's starting to pop off. But it took, even though with all the success, it took a couple of years for me to get it ramped up back where it should be. So whether you're starting new, my advice to you is you have to work hard no matter what it is. Not to brag about all this past, but I've had to work just as hard as I had to work in 2000, just as hard as I had to work in. Because I worked, I felt like I got here in 1990, right? 89. Hmm. And in, in California, I'm in Georgia now, but I got in California in 89. From 89 to 2006 or seven when I met Kenny, 
it was hard. Wow. And I worked with Brandy in 94, and that was my first successful thing. Then I did Tupac, but then I met Kenny, and that's when everything took off. I felt like I made it, right? I'm right. there. Right. And then 2000 comes. Now me and Harvey got to rebuild it again because nobody care about what you did with Babyface. Now you got to establish yourself as the underdogs. And we did that. And now I'm establishing myself as Damon Thomas and Thomas Kraft, Gene Damon. I love that. So, wow. Okay. So first of all, there's a lot to unpack there because if you really pay attention and read between these lines, what you're saying is, and the message is that no matter how great your last accomplishment was, it doesn't mean that doesn't mean, well, I tell you, you got to reprove yourself. Yes, like I, I got upset with a guy for saying to me, you know, you're a six-time Grammy winner. You sold out. Da, da, da. I said, man, I don't care nothing about any of that. I am rebuilding. I'm yeah. trying to go. If I have six, I'm trying to get 21 Grammys right now. So how am I going to get to 21? I can't right. be focused on what I did or all the movies we did or any of that. I got to be right. focused on the task at hand, still rebuilding, working hard, working like my light's going to get cut off. They're not. I'm good. I can walk away from this and go home and just lay up and live the rest of my life okay. But I, that's not who I am. I want to win. I want to still win. I have that drive to still win. So to new guys, I think younger, the younger, the younger, the, I'm, I'm three generations in music, right? And I think this new generation, um, they, they, they need to work harder. They need to know, like, literally, I submitted, I have... Let's take Chris Brown. I did Take You Down for Chris Brown. I did No Air for Chris Brown. I did Turn Up the Music for Chris Brown. These are huge Chris Brown records. And then there's 10 or 15 other songs that are on his albums that I've done. I'm just naming some of the bigger hits, right? This last album, and I'm on the I'm on the Indigo album, but for this Breezy album, I've literally submitted 15 songs. I might have one or two that might make the album, but I, I worked that hard to do that. And what I'm going to do with the other 13 or 14 songs that don't make Chris, I'm going to submit them to some of the new artists to create the new Chris, because you never know who's going to be the next one. That's another lesson that I've learned from Kenny Edmonds. I remember he asked me in the studio one time, he says, Damon, who do you want to work with? I said, I want to work with Usher and Whitney Houston, because I knew he had access. He said, no, you really want to work with the next Whitney Houston. You want to, Whitney's already Whitney. You can't do nothing for Whitney that's going to change Whitney. She's already did all this stuff. What's going to make it impactful for you is that you discover the next Whitney or that you discover the next person. So we were like the first guys to work with Chris Brown. We were the first guys to work with Mario. We were the first guys to do B2K and Amarion. So those are the things that we broke as the underdogs, which made us special. And Tyrese was our guy, but he was already he already had a couple hits, but we had we made some of his bigger hits. So we were able to establish all of those things and do that. When even with all that being said, it's 2020. In 2021, I got targets. I got people. I have a few new artists that I'm putting out, but I also have other. I'm more I'm more interested in finding the next artist. If I do Chris, it's cool. If I do the other things, it's cool. But I'm more interested as a writer and producer, and all writers should think about it like this. I want to discover and break the next thing. That's what's going to make you important. You know, when you think of Billie Eilish and her brother sitting up in the room doing what they did, that's that's impactful. That's what you want. It is. I mean, you're talking about work ethic, reinvention. Multiple yeah. times over. Multiple times. 
you know, uh, <laughs> diligence, perseverance, not giving up, yes. and and also pushing the 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 limits of your own creative, yeah. you know, boundaries, yeah. right? Expanding yeah. those boundaries to where there are no boundaries. Yes. How would you frame that? in 2020 for a newcomer because let's be honest the industry has changed in 20 30 years hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Can I say something? It's easier for a newcomer because nobody has had, nobody has heard their music. Like I could send you a song right now and you'll say, that's Damon Thomas without a doubt. But then I can send you something that I had to write 10 songs to get to that you'll be like, that shit is bad, but I didn't, I wouldn't know that was Damon Thomas. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have to do things differently. I have to work harder because I want to, I want you to be like, God, dog, that's bad. I didn't know that was you, but that's bad. But now that I know it's you, I know, because you know me, chord-wise, I go, I do things, right? Right, 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 right. So I, it, it, it would be hard for me to send you something that you not know that it's me because you know how I move. So right. I got a few things that you would know, but then I got things that you would know that still sound fresh. So you have to do both. The new guy, he's got an open playing field because nobody's heard it. That would, I guess the key is is to come up with a sound that's mm. yours. So I'll go back to I'll go back to the early underdog days when I was writing with Kenny. Why it worked is because I figured out how to. I was maybe face, dude. I was playing stuff that sounded like him with a few more church. He had a few more. Did you say maybe face? Yeah, no question. I, I was love maybe that. face. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I had a few more chords that he didn't play, but right. it felt like baby face when you heard the music. You know what I mean? You know, so oh, that's um, that's I made it feel like that. So when yeah. Harvey and I started Underdog, it felt like baby face and Rodney had a kid. Ah. And it took us two whole years to write our way out of that. And then we came with records like How You Gonna Act Like That. And we came with Over to Marion and all these things that sounded like, oh, shit, that's urgent. That's the new R&B. And, and it took three, two or three hundred sessions and songs to get to your own sound. So what will I tell the new guy? 
the new guy has to have his own thing. When you hear Timbaland, you know it's Timbaland. If Harvey and I got together and did five songs tomorrow, you would know it was the underdogs because you know what we do. If, if you know, right, Bikini, well, after COVID, all he got to do is be Babyface because everybody loves that catalog, right? right. You don't got to be nothing else but write that stuff that everybody loves. He wrote the soundtrack to our lives in the 90s. Period. I always say the same right. thing. He wrote the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so for all, for us it's R&B. The underdogs wrote the two thousands. We did that. Ah, like when that. you go listen to all them songs, we did all that. You know what I mean? And it's not our time to celebrate yet. They're celebrating the nineties now. In a few years, they'll get to the two thousands, and I'll get to smell my roses. I'm gonna be happy. But right now, I'm trying to create whatever this whatever this millennium we're in now. I'm trying to create for that some new be, vibes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, new vibes and be just as impactful. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So you're always looking ahead. I like the, that you're talking as you're talking about this. It seems like even when you're in each of those reinvention phases, you were still zoomed out enough. So you're zoom on a daily basis. You're hitting the studio. You're writing. You do, like you said, hundreds of writing yeah. sessions every day. Yeah. But in the in your mind, in the back of your mind, you're zoomed out and saying, it's OK. As soon as I get to a couple hundred writing sessions, we're going to break through that barrier. We're going to create yes. that new sound and it's going to pop. I knew this. I told my, I have a, a business partner. He doesn't make music, but I said to him, I said, listen, um, I said, myself, I, it's about creating a sound. And we, we talked about this a year ago. Yeah. And he said, what are you talking about? Now he, he, you know what he said to me last night. He said, I understand. I know mm -hmm. I get it now. You've now created something and I can adapt it to, I know what it is when I hear it. And that's what you have to, that's important. So, the story is this. I remember working, and I, I, you know, Kenny's my mentor, so I have to keep going back to that. We worked on these projects the first year of my publishing deal, and he said to me, so those songs, the label that, we, that I did them for ended up falling, going under, right? So it wasn't, I worked on all these projects, and he said, well, you're in suspension now because those projects won't count. I said, well, wow, um, that's jacked up. Yeah. He said, well, you got to write your way out of it. I love that phrase. You, we, you and I have talked about this about extensively. This. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of Kenny's phrases. And you got to write your way out of it. I wrote, I wrote all the songs that we did that were amazing because I was upset. And I wrote wow. these songs with, and, and, I, and I was going to go hard until I did it, until I did it, until I did it. And, and that's what it takes. You can't like, I hear people, they, they get frustrated after they make 10 beats. I'm like, bro. <laughs> you got to keep writing. You got to write and write and write. Somewhere you're going to fall. You're going to run right into the wall and bust your head and be like, pow, that's one of them records. You're going to, yeah. all you got to do is keep writing. You know, I love it. that. I love that. Now, you, you, you just said something right there. You said, you know, some cats are getting frustrated at the 10 beats. Can, can we break this down? Let's break down the, from your perspective, who has yeah. all of the experience and, and, you know, abilities to speak on this and people should pay attention. It's a real music business is what happens. It is. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Explain to, to the listeners the difference between a producer and a beat maker. Because today, and especially today's well, day and age, people I seem to you. get that skewed. So beat makers. So here it is. There's three types of producers. Thank you. Okay. You have producer songwriter. So like if you think of myself or like Kenny, we can write lyric and melody and we can make music right? right forget the beat part i'm gonna get to the beat part in a minute right so if i start at the piano and i'm playing something 
that's that's fifty percent of the song right there. And if I come and then I, if I if I then get with Kenny and Eric Dawkins and we write the lyrics, now I'm writing lyric and melody. I'm writing. I'm true. I'm creating the whole composition. Right now, if I'm the guy who can make, um, there's two things. There's certain guys who make beats, and they don't think about the song. They just make beats, and they hopefully they can get it to a writer and they write it. And how that makes them a producer is beyond me. But if they get to, if they get it to the writer and the writer makes it a make puts magic on it, then they're out of a sudden they're a producer because they made the beat. To me, that's not that's incorrect. That means they're just making a track, right? They're track guys, right? That doesn't make you a producer. A producer is a guy who can walk into the studio and never play an instrument and make sure a record gets done. Let's start there. Quincy Jones didn't play on rock with you, but he knew to get he knew to get Greg Fillin Gaines and all the great musicians to play on the record, right? If the, the producer does something different than just make the beat. So when people say, you know, give me some of your um, give me a beat pack, I'm like, a what? I'll give you some songs, like I, you know, I, but I still send beat packs out. I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I got, I gotta adjust. I make the adjustments. Right, I, we have to. I, there you go. I'll send it out. Right, we have to make the adjustments. But the truth is, uh, there's there's very few real bona fide, full blown producers that can do everything. You know, mm. if I it's go a- down my, if I go down my list, my list is you know you have Jimmy and Terry, you have L.A. and Kenny, you have. Pharrell, you have the Neptunes, you have Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is a bona fide producer. Now, he may not play like me and you, but he's one of the best producers on the planet. And I think Harvey and Dr. Dre are similar because they're able to finish things. And I don't think, you know, like where I start everything, like I'm going to get on the I'm going to get on the desk and dance and make everybody dance. I'm going to come in and create it. Everybody's going to be happy. I can do that part and I can finish records as well. Those guys, they are finisher finishers, though. They mix. They do all of that. That's their that's so. That's so funny you said that. Um, first of all, I love your transparency and being honest, and I think that's the most important thing. Self-awareness is mandatory for self-growth, right? Yeah, if you want to be great, how about this, Mike? If I know I'm not, I'm not a mix engineer. Right. So I'm going to find the best engineers to, to come around me, right? That's right. Where When I was with the underdogs, I had Harvey. Harvey was an amazing engineer, so I didn't have to think about it. I could throw shit up with the backboard, and he was going to dunk it. I didn't have to think about what the finish thing was going to be because I could. I, I came up with the magic, and you're going you're gonna to go ahead and cook it. That's what it was. So That's understanding, brilliant. Understanding, like, I know, what, I know what my strength is. My strength is creating the magic. And everybody can't create the magic. You create the magic. You're magic. You, you, if you pick up your instrument, it's magic. If you and I sit in the room with a hundred people and we play, they're gonna they're gonna come towards and they're gonna watch us the whole entire time. That's magic. Period. You know. Um, so Timbaland creates the magic. He's he's he also is uh, his 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 sonics are amazing. Variety Jerkin sonics are amazing. But I don't think. With something that Kenny taught me that I think I have a leg up is I'm able to. He made me write to his tracks with him. He we did that for months, so it made me a, a better um, songwriter. Now I would prefer if I get with a great top liner, I'll just jump in where I know I need to get in. I don't right. got to sit there and micromanage and be the writer so much on that end of it because I'm writing the music right. So I try to give him leeway, but I'll jump in when I need to jump in. At this point, I have fun doing that. Where I think we're a guy named like Rodney, LaShawn Daniels wrote all the top lines to all their hits. So Rodney's really 
the Rodney Rodney sonically is probably one of the best to ever do it. Nobody's tracks came. But he, when you heard his tracks come on, you yeah. were fucked up. Period. Yeah. yeah, you were. But but I think I think um, if Rodney had to, I don't I don't really know how he is as a songwriter. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in yeah. terms of. I'm not not he's a great songwriter because he wrote the music, but it's a lyric melody guy. I don't know his there right. because I know the genre so, you know. Well, I can yeah, I can speak on that from you know my own experience. I've worked with Rodney uh, yeah. for at least you know oh gosh maybe like a good four or five sessions at his studio, yeah. and then we worked via correspondence, sending tracks back and forth. And and you know I agree. The, the unique thing was always his beats. He had this quirky sound that you yeah, just yeah, his oh thing, man, man. You, man, it was so tough. Anybody get right that's, to it, you make yeah. it. Hit. That's so a jerkin's joint. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, he had that. His power was in his power is in his tracks. Right. You know, right. my power is in my chord and melody. You know what right. I mean? And um, I'm, I'm and I and I'm more. I'm more hands-on on what the lyrics is going to be. I want to know. I want to get with the melody so they hit the chord and do all that stuff. I'm that kind of producer. And then I'll go find the guy to make the drum sound right after I'm done if I don't got it right. right. So that's me. You know what I mean? Like, I can get I can get to that part. I can dress it up however I want to. If I can sit with you and we can sit at the piano on the guitar and I can write a copyright, I'm going to do that before I go make some amazing beat first. Now, see, that's I love that. You said the you said the magic C word right there, copyright. And yes. in the biz, that's the lingo for, yo, this dude's got a copyright. That means he's got a hit. You got a hit on yes. your hands. Talk about so, that. Lot of guys, <laughs> so what I'm saying to you is, I'll get to copyright in a minute. So what I'm saying to you is there's lots of guys that can make amazing beats. Yeah. And they sound great. That doesn't mean these guys are consistently going to give you copyrights because they're not in touch with the song, the, the lyric and melody side of that song. They don't care. They have to, and, or, or should I say, they're at the mercy of the songwriter. Hopefully That's the right. songwriter writes them something good. Where I feel like, Kenny taught me how to, he taught me to be involved in the song, in the lyric and melody process. Whether I write the whole thing, I'm going to make sure that what, that my, if I got these three writers writing, I'm going to make sure what we writing is right. We're going to go over it. We're going to fight about it. We're going to yes. get it right. And that's how you get to the copyright. You don't get to the copyright by just making, by being the beat guy. Because somebody might write a copyright for you, but if they don't, you just got a hot beat. Hi, I'm a multi-award winning producer, Damon Thomas, and you're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with my homie, No Man, best guitar player on the planet Earth. Follow the Career Musician on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest news and tips from the world's leading musicians. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. You got a hot beat, and now you got to put the rest of the elements together and yeah, find those it's, hot it's elements. So much, yeah. There's so much more to it than just making a beat. Period. I love that. I love that. All right. So when Kenny looked at you the first time, Kenny Babyface Edmonds looks over at you and says, yo, man, now that's a copyright. You remember that first time, that first feeling? Oh yeah, I remember that. You can I tell you what it was? Yeah, tell us. Um, not and we had number one records together, and it wasn't uh the records that we had done. It was um I did a song for Chris Brown, and before I wrote so I wrote the song, I took the song over, there was no air. 
And yeah. I played it for him, and he said, that's a copyright. There you go. And that, and I, I, I felt so proud that I had, you know, and I had hits before then. Okay. You know, I had done, I had done, he also, he also complimented me. He told, he told me, so right around that time we had did Dream Girls. And he said that, he, he, he said that was a really amazing job. And I have, I got to go back to owning him. Harvey and I wouldn't have been able to do Dream Girls had I not had the knowledge of Greg Fillingaines, Ricky Lawson, That's right. uh, Nathan East, all those great musicians knowing who to pick to work on this project. Even Harvey's dad was a drummer on it. That's we had right. Five, we had five drummers on, and I am telling you. But I knew that because everybody, I said, you know what? Greg's going to play. No, we had five piano players. Greg, Greg Fillingaines is good for this part of the section of the song. Right. I'm going to play on this section. Tim Carmen's going to play on this section. And I think Harvey's dad played and then Ricky Lawson played. And then we had Nathan East. Because Nathan, Nathan East can handle bass from top to bottom. <laughs> period. So we had all these musicians work and I knew how to cast. I looked at it like actors in movies. I'm going to cast this musician for this part. I'm going to cast this musician for that part. That's the difference between a beat maker and a producer as well. So as we're going through this, I'm telling you, and I learned all that skill from Kenny. And it was on a song called Never Gonna Let You Go that I did for Faith Evans. And this song, if I play you the demo, I've made the drums sound like on an MPC 3000. They sound like waters weren't dry. And it was my roads. And I have the demo to this day. Wow. And, um, so, and then, so he took, he listened to the demo of the song and I had the chorus as is. He listened to the lyrics. I had the lyrics written down on a piece of paper and I wrote hundred percent of the song by myself first. And he came in and said, he changed the lyrics to the verse, kept some of what I had. And he took all the drums and all the bass and all the strings and all the little stuff away, kept my roads. He brought Ricky Lawson in. He played the drums. He brought Nathan in. He played, he played the bass. He kept my roads, had Greg Fillingaines play the piano. And now we have my first number one record. And from then on, I knew how to make record records. Wow. I knew I, I had this talent of all this musical stuff, but I, I never knew that I could have live musicians play one at a time. I thought they had to play all at the same time. <laughs> I never knew. Just take your time and spend one day on the bass. Take your time, spend one day on the guitar. And when he showed me how to do that and make it sound good with our good friend, Paul, it, that, that the light went off. The light went off. Yeah, really. And, yeah. Explain that to everybody. And, and, and that turned me into a producer, not a beat maker or not a guy that just yes. made the beats. That turned me into a producer. So you fast forward over to Dream Girls. When they asked us to do Dream Dream Girls, they said, We're gonna we're gonna hire you guys for this is real talk, a half a million dollars. Cause we already gave Merv Warren five million dollars and he screwed it up. We only have a half a million dollars left in the budget for uh maybe it was three million dollars they gave one of the it was either three or five take your pick right um and can you do 25 songs now me and harvey at this point we getting 50 to 100 grand a song and they're offering us 500 grand to do 25 songs i said harvey we got to do this because yeah. this ain't this ain't uh soul playing they asking us to do this is a big movie it's david geffen it's got an 80 million dollar budget Somebody already spent the music budget, but let's get in there and show them what we can do. It can be our first movie. 25 songs turned into 61 pieces of music that we recorded for the for the movie. And um, we built in a royalty so we could get royalties when every time the movie was played. Excellent. And um, so I didn't get we didn't get a ton of money up front, but our first and I and I'm not bragging, but our first royalty check for Dream Girls 
each was $987,000. So you take that, and, um, and, and I've never seen a royalty check for anything that big before then. Or, you know, royalty checks, you might get 100 grand, 50 grand, 250, but almost yeah. a million dollars just in one check. That's incredible. That's a lot. So, you know, you take that, um, and the light went off. I'm like, oh, man, we, we spent 16 months on Dream Girls, by the way. It was wow. a long, hard process, sure. live horns, live strings, live everything. Right. And those are real producers. And I think, you know, I, and, I, and I just went back to the sound that I got out of the live records I did with Kenny. And I, I would play. I said, we got to get this sound, Harvey. And Harvey figured it out. Once we had all the good musicians, we both figured it out. It was hard work on both. That's of right. our parts to get that. But I think it was a learning process for him too, because he had never done anything like that. I had done live stuff with Kenny, but that was really his first thing to do live, live, all, live everything. I'd seen that movie before. And Kenny would come over and check on us because we were in the Edmonds building. He would check on it. And I kind of went back and forth with him and he helped us through that. But it was one of the most amazing things that we've done. And then we did, we went on to do, um, you know, Kung Fu Panda, Shrek the Third, the movie Bobby, which we won a Grammy for with Aretha Franklin and Mary yes. J. Blige. And then we went on to do The Help. We were Golden Globe. We were nominated for a Golden Globe with Mary J. Blige for The Help. Then we did Get On Up with um, um, Universal as well. We did Get On Up, the James Brown movie. Right. So, you know, the Black Panther, um, he's, you know, he before he was the Black Panther, he played James Brown. That's right. And he That's was right. in that movie and um, he was a wonderful person. Oh, man. And um, we so did that movie. So in that movie, um, in Har Harvey, Harvey, we had to get the old sound. We had to do that. And we had Paul Jackson Jr. come in. Yeah. And, um, and um, he had that. Uh, what's that box they use? That uh, box AC-30. No, that green box. Oh, the green box. Oh, the uh, you're talking about the uh, the Kemper, the Kemper amp. Kemper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We figured out how to get all the old guitar sounds. And we, you know, Chad Bozeman wanted to come. You know, he wanted to sing it. And we had to, you know, we, we, we cut. It was a lot of back and forth with that. But we got through that movie. Then we yeah. did Pitch Perfect 2, 1, 2, and 3. And um, we did Straight Out of Compton. And they didn't have any of the masters. So we had to redo all the tracks. And those tracks were done with the help of our engineers. They got that. I'm and, and I'll say this because I'm going to do a whole thing where I speak about everything that was done from Rooter to the Tudor, underdogs, all of that. And um, Andrew Hay and um, another one of our engineers, um, they both had a lot to do with the help of getting those tracks where they were because we had to redo a lot of the tracks. I came in every morning and I recorded the I, Ice Cube Son. They did their raps. The, when you watch that movie, it's re-records. We did all that stuff. So that was that was really cool. But, you know, um, I don't think there's two other, when you talk about the duos or producers who've done as many movies as we've done. We did a lot of movies. which was it, it's, it's impressive. Your filmography, in addition to your discography, is like kind of, yeah, it's kind of stupid. It's like, wow, this is, this is. Yeah, we did some stuff. But, <laughs> so, but here we, let's go back to career again. Yes. All that being said. I still got to work like none of that ah, right now. I love that. And I always say, I always say that to my wife and I talk about business all the time. She's my business partner. And I, and I always say, you know, babe, don't forget. We're, we're only as good as what we did yesterday, yeah, but yesterday care. doesn't count. <laughs> yesterday like, doesn't wop, count. Cause now it's today. <laughs> like, the, like, like this song WAP for Cardi B is like the biggest oh. record this year already. Right, right, right. right. Like it's crazy. It's the biggest record until it's not. Until so it's not. Until yeah. Justin Bieber, when Justin Bieber or Chris comes with something, then that one's gone. Right. And I love Cardi. But Cardi, like I can tell you this, 
Cardi gonna come with the next one because they probably didn't think she was gonna come that big. That was big. Yeah, that she was dropped stupid. it off. <laughs> she was stupid. She and even with the subject matter, matter being a little yeah, uh, risque, a pretty risque. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not a little. <laughs> I, I look, you could have never told me we was gonna talk about that when right. I was working my baby face back in the day and I was signed. Right. I, you could have never told me that that was gonna be where we got you, but that's where we're at. So I'll say this to you guys as career people. You gotta. You, you don't have to like everything that everybody says, but you need to understand why it does so well. So, mm. so from a business standpoint, it's not what you personally care about. If kids want to talk about WAP and we know what that means, yeah. you got to get into it. You better figure out how to how to write something that they're going to like. You ain't got to say that if you don't want to say that, but you're going to have to say something in order to win. Otherwise, there's a hundred for every hundred kids who think that's a bad topic. There's another hundred kids that's going 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 go do it. And if that's right. what's popping. You got to be on what's popping, and that's facts. That's right. I, that is very, very true. But I like, I like what you just said. You take it or leave it. You can go that way, or you can go the other way. But you better do something that yeah, people are going to relate to. Right? Period. Yeah. Period. Now let's let's talk about this. All, let's talk about publishing, and let's say you're a writer in today's yes. today's game, and yep. you're, you're kind of young, youngish, or you're coming up, you're emerging, and you got. A copyright, and uh, it's you know it's going to get placed with an artist. It already got placed, and it's going to get released with this artist. And now you're getting your publishing deal, and you're all excited. Uh, you know, talk about how to inform yourself, get informed in the business aspect, because now you're going to get these publishing deals that come after you, right? You're going to get these offers, but how do you handle that? The publishing deal evolves every. 10 years, like everything else. Okay. So like when I started with Kenny, there was a MDRC. You had to have a certain amount. All that has changed. So mm -hmm. you have to, what you really have to do and what I've had to do, you have to, I'm a publisher. You have to, you have to stay, just, just like music has a trend, contracts have trends. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to make sure that you're, that you're, that, that whoever's handing you a contract is giving you a contract that works for today because like I like I was I was talking with someone. Uh, I'm doing this independent artist, and I said she said, "Well, we're going to give you five points." I said, "I don't care about points. Nobody sell no records like that. Why would right. I want five points? Right. I want a part of the net percentage. I need twenty percent of the net of that so I can make my money. And that's how you negotiate your your deals. You got to negotiate. You got to understand it. You have to educate yourself. You need right. to read books. You need to figure it out. And you can't read Don Don Passman. You can." You can learn about you can learn a lot from Don Passman's this this music business book, but there's another new book that's updated. That right. book was in the 80s and 90s. So you gotta you can read that so you understand music from that standpoint to this standpoint. So you have to educate yourself. It's not about it's not it's not enough to just be talented. You have to be a lot of other things. Like you and I are super talents, right? No, Forget about that. That's not going to get me. That's not going to make us successful. Nobody cares. Whole, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole other thing that's going to make you. You got to be able to get in the room, understand, be able to talk the language, be able to communicate with people and be able to get it and, and make them believe that you understand it. Because if they don't believe you understand it, they're going to get you. They, they, I, they, they, they're looking to smell it. I love the oh, way you just put it. that. <laughs> the thing yeah, is, oh, he don't get it. We're going to get all his money. He don't get nothing. And I'm like, I have, I, I call myself the champion for the creatives. Yeah. I never want to see a creative taken advantage of, but yeah. there are business people who don't give a fuck. That's yeah. right. And they will take advantage of you over and over again. If you let them. Yes, they will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and smile on your face. Hey buddy. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. So get educated. Take the time to, to you know, read and, and yeah, research. I mean, I can, look, there's a lot to do. Like we should, you know, we should do like we're talking about it. If you want to do a we should do an interview on publishing, then I'll get my mind right. And then I'll right. talk to you sure. specifically about those things. We should do an interview on artistry and I'll right. come back and I'll talk to you so that you can get this stuff out to people because. Part of part of me and your job, if this believe it or not, I like to call us young, but we're we're older than the young ones, right? Right, right. right. Our part of our job is to give back. So that's we right. Have to be able to have these conversations so that we're giving something back. So I will say this on record: me and Michael have a probably part two and part three of our interview, so that we can go touch on. They'll say, Damon, let's touch publishing today, and I'm gonna yeah. come in here full throttle as a publisher. They'll say, Damon, let's touch, um, let's touch the record um, artistry being signed as an artist touring then i'm going to get my mind ready for that and then i'll talk about those things because that shit changes all the time it changes all the yeah. Uh, okay, so look, we've covered so much. Thank you for all this valuable insight and words of wisdom. And this is exactly why I started the Career Musician Podcast to give back to the community, man. We got and we got to support one another. Any and I know you have so many, but any special, especially memorable moments that stood out to you. You're like, oh man, this was crazy. I remember one time working with so and so. You know, something fun or engaging. You know, with an artist. Yeah, with an artist, you know. I got, and I got all kind of moves. Even if you don't name a name, like you know. It's <laughs> no, no, I'll give you names. You know, um, oh, here we go. I'll do this. Eddie Murphy. I'm gonna give you Eddie. I'm gonna give you Eddie Murphy moment, Perfect. and I'm gonna give you Chris Brown moment. I like it. Um, Eddie Murphy moment. When we did Dream Girls, Eddie Murphy had he sang the most songs, more than like Beyonce sang. Listen, and she sang a few. She sang stuff, but Eddie Murphy sang more than Beyonce on Dream Girls. Wow, and he's an actor. And the first couple of days he came in, he wouldn't really even talk to me and Harvey. He's, but he sat at the piano and he played the piano. He would sit high, but he, yeah. did, he was quiet. Then he would pick up a guitar. He'd be in the booth. He'd be singing and playing the guitar. He's really that talented. Wow. And um, then when he woke, when he turned it on, he, was, he made me laugh for 30 days straight. <laughs> it went from this very shy person to, oh, my God, he had us dying laughing every day. <laughs> and, it, and so that that it, it, so in, in that experience, and I'll talk about Beyonce. Beyonce might be pound for pound the nicest artist I've ever worked with. Oh, um, wow. In that in that thirty day period, she was um, on a diet, and you know because she had to get into all these gowns, but she was still kind. And the least I won't name the person's name, but the least star on the whole set was the diva, and that drove me up the wall, and it showed me something you know what i mean right. and um when we did turn up the music for chris brown that was the first song that we did outside of the underdog studio so i remember me and harvey on our way over to the record plant and and um we were on our way there and harvey was just like why we got to do this over here because we've written hits for him that's our guy we started with chris brown right. but when we got to the record plant chris brown was in the booth he lit up a joint and he smoked weed and sang the whole song in like two or three takes and then we were done. It's a number one record. That's one of the most amazing things ever. I love that. I said, you really gonna smoke the joint while we recording this? And murder this song. And that was that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Damon, this has been a blast, man. You mind if we close with some rapid fire questions? Yeah, go ahead. All right, favorite food? Uh, type of food? Yeah. How about this favorite restaurant? Oh, I like that. Mr. Charles. 
Mr. Charles, favorite libration? I, I don't drink too much, but if I, if I, okay, but if I had to drink, I'm going to give me a vodka and pineapple juice. There you go. Favorite sport? I'm basketball. And how do you spend your free time? Um, if not with my kids, um, making music. I don't know. That's just kind of my routine. Right? Yeah, we don't have free time <laughs> as musicians. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll play video games with my son, but all of yeah. it, all of it ends up with one of my kids. You know. There you go. There you go. Do you prefer yeah. to to drive yourself or be driven? And I think I know the answer to this one. Um. Okay, if I if I if I, I, I like to drive because I'm a car guy, you know that everybody. Knows I, that's that. what I was just gonna but, say. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. if I had a month of studio sessions, I would prefer to be driven. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, what are some of your favorite whips right now at the moment? My favorite whips. Um, I drive a Hellcat, which is an American. You know, I was off. I've always been this uh, European. I'm a Lam they call me Lamborghini D. I was say Lam Lambo. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm yeah. gonna get a new Lambo next year. That's my thing. I'm gonna wait till 2021. But okay. I'm driving a Hellcat, which is like 700 and some horsepower. It's fast. Crazy. It's like a hundred thousand uh, dollar. Challenger, whatever it is, yeah. but I'm gonna keep that car. That's gonna be my hot rod. I'm in the south, and they love that car out here, so it's cool. Uh, and go, I'll go Lambo, go. but I want to get the what I want. The Lambo is normal. I have to get that just because that's my reputation, <laughs> and I like the car. Um, but I want to get this Hummer truck. It's all electric. It's a thousand horsepower. It's the first right. super truck. You should look that up. That's, I that's have. That's yeah. pretty cool. All right, what's the what's the last song that you listened to that you had no professional affiliation with you didn't touch it you just listened to it for fun um that i loved yeah that you're like yo this is my joint pj morton on his gospel album a song that he did with commission there you go commission wow you're going way back bringing commission no, back. i know they just they brought him yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good collab right there yeah, yeah and also the last uh, um Today's song that I like that I listened to was her new song. I love it. Which which one? Her's new song. I just oh, her. Like, yes. Her. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, super dope. All right. Favorite TV show that you're streaming? T favorite TV show. That's hard. So I got to let me think about that. There's that so many, streaming. right? Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. TV. I, that's, oh, that's my other thing that I do. I get, Thank oh, you. so The Mandalorian. Dude, I'm right there with you. I yeah, can't I, wait till season was, two. I saw it. I saw it last night. With, so this, listen to this. If you, me and my son watched it, and we watched it together because you can on Hulu. If yeah. you watch it, you can. Um, he's in LA, and I'm here in Georgia. Right. You can say join. You can join up to six people and watch it together, and uh, like put emojis and stuff to each other while you're watching it. So that was wonderful. Come on, he that's stayed, dope. My son's twelve. He stayed up until midnight, and I was up at three a.m. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. All right, shopping, brick and mortar or online? Of course, you know without COVID. I'll go to the real store. I haven't figured out. Look, we have because we, you know, me and my part, my business partner, we share a house out here, and we have eight acres and a ten thousand square foot house that you can. By the way, in LA, you're never getting that. Oh right? no way! Heck, we man. have a pond and we have a stream. You're never getting that in LA, but. They have deliveries, um, Amazon deliveries every day. And I'm just thinking, what is this shit? Like, they order everything. Like, I want to go to the store. Like, I still have in my mind, I ain't figured out how to do that yet. I'm yeah. a technical guy, and I like um, computers and everything, but technology, I, I just can't figure out how to call Amazon yet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, you're, you're, always, you're always wearing some dope threads, so I know you like to go pick them out yourself. I got to go pick some stuff out. I just don't yeah. know if it's going to fit.
yeah. <laughs> I go window shop online, but I just don't yeah. order. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I like that. All right. And finally, you ready? Here we go. Here's the big question. Yeah. What would you do if you weren't a career musician? I would fly. I would go to the Air Force and fly um, one of the baddest jets on earth, or be a lawyer. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, and the funny thing is, I can see you doing both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. Those are the two. I can tell you real easy. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. I even think I know now. You know what? And also, so those would be the normal things that I would do. But if I was in entertainment. I would be an actor and I would be funny because I'm f hilarious. Like I make people <laughs> laugh all day long. And I think to myself, I thought to myself, what if I really applied that like 20 years ago? I could have right. really done that, you know, because I have fun. I love I love I'm like the life of the party. I like having fun with people and doing that stuff and making people laugh. And in studio sessions, they can get boring. So when you come here, I'm like rent a friend. But the only thing about getting older like, so let's say I work hard for four weeks, Mike, I need like five, four or five days off by my, to myself. My, yeah. my, my new partner understands that. Leave him alone. I'll go to my room and watch all my TV shows. And I just want to, I don't want to talk. I just don't yeah. need to talk. And then I, re, I, I recharge and I come back and I do it all over again. That's me now. <laughs> I need that. Like, I need peace uh, of mind. You know what? We still, we're still like, it's hard when you got to be everything to everybody in a whole right. room of 10 people. So that's, you know, it takes, it, it, it drains you. So you need that time. You need to disconnect and reconnect with that. So true. All right. So we can find you at thomascrown.com and that's crown with a K. Yes, sir. And uh, on your, your Insta, your Instagram is king at king Damon underscore 18. Yes, sir. All right, man, bro. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I, like I said, I'll come back. Let me know when you need me back and we'll talk some more. And how do I watch this podcast or listen to it? How, I'll you send you it? all the links. It's at thecareermusician.com. We have a website, thecareermusician.com. Uh, it's on every podcast platform, including Apple, including Spotify, including YouTube. All you got to yeah. do is type in The Career Musician. It pops up. So, all right, so yeah. I'll, I'll have my team going on, get on pushing this out there too, so people will know to go listen to it. Please, yeah. What I ask everybody is to subscribe and leave a review because that helps us push the numbers up so we can reach more ears, you know? My brother, thank you so much, Damon. Thank you, man. All right, man. All right, bro. Download, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to like, follow, share, and comment on Instagram and Facebook. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad This is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast, and I am thoroughly stoked to be an official member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast Network is the first of its kind as an all-music-based podcast collective. Please be sure to check us out at pantheonpodcast.com for more info.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 